Life Remixed. Right, it's Wednesday evening again here in the UK at 7.30pm and it's uh, Mark Wilkinson straight talking. Uh, we are interviewing uh, some fantastic people from all over the UK and all over the globe uh, and I'm really, really proud and honoured uh, that a great friend of mine, uh, Jason Cundy, uh, is going to join us this evening okay. for some straight talking. How are you, Jace? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, really good. So a little bit of people, you know, need to know a bit about you. You know, you're a former English Premier League footballer. Uh, you played at Ipswich, uh, Portsmouth, some other team in North London that escapes my, my brain. <laughs> yeah. uh, and of course, <laughs> and of yeah. course, Chelsea, the mighty blues. Yeah. Um, so, um, so we're going to talk about all of this. We're going to talk about football together uh, and all kinds of stuff about life and life remix and challenges. Um, you were a great footballer. You were a tough central defender. You're now a TV and radio broadcaster. Of course, you're on the... Oh, sport. you're bigging me up here. We'll you're, 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 you're on the sports keep going, keep going. Don't stop. I'm keeping keep going. going. I'm gonna, hang on. I'm giving you a massage. Here we go. Um, uh, you're, you're on Talk Sport, of course, uh, Monday to Thursday. Thursday, yeah, every, uh, every 10 night. 10pm on Talk yeah. Sport um, with the Sports Bar. Uh, you're also on Chelsea TV a lot. I see you interviewing Lamp uh, Frank and Lampard and a lot of the other guys at Chelsea. Um, and you achieved some incredible success. So let's have a little talk about, uh, obviously, how you got started. Now, I've known you for about 25 years. Um, I remember seeing you in that pub in Wimbledon. I think it was the Swan back in the day with Graham Stewart and a few of those guys. Yeah, and and we slowly just got to know each other over a period of time through music and clubs and the love of the Chelsea and everything else. Yeah. Um, but as far as, um, you know, you getting into football, because, you know, I mean, I heard someone say once that uh, about you, you know, I mean, you, that you, you know, you weren't the most talented, you weren't Lionel Messi or anything, but, no, but you were, <laughs> but you were, you know, you were determined, mate, weren't you? You were determined. I mean, talk a little bit about that journey from a young lad and football and school and. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me on uh, to to be part of this. Yeah. I mean, when when I look back now, I'm 51 now. When I when I look back, and and you're not the first kind of person to ask me about this, and you know my career, and it, it's almost like it happened to someone else. It's such a long yeah. time ago. Because um, I've got I've had like two careers really. If you if, going back to professional football, when when that was all as a young kid, that's all I wanted to do that's all I was ever going to do and as a young kid growing up you know going into my teens you, you you never think about what life is like when you get to 40 it's just it's an alien concept to you so growing up football was going to be my life and fortunately it still is it's been very kind to mm. me football it still is so growing up I was only ever going to be a footballer I could never see myself doing or being anything else um and that was it that was my path i didn't think that i would ever do anything else so it's it, that was it that was that, that single-mindedness but well single nineness or or, or or naivety that the young child grow because lots of kids in my position grew up thinking the same thing yeah, never made. Yeah. so you know kids don't or growing up you you don't think of what could not be. You, you always think of what is going to be. And that was it. Well, certainly I was. But there's a lesson in that. There's actually a lesson in that, that actually that single-mindedness, that determination, that I'm going to make it, 
There's something yeah, in there that. was no doubt. There was never any doubt in my mind that I mean, it, were your parents. That's I mean, your parents must have been massively supportive. And oh, they were, I'm, look, I mean, incredibly fortunate that they're both still with us. Um, my dad, who's massive Chelsea fan, of course, uh, <laughs> he, dad. He, was, uh, he was he was 92 a couple of weeks ago, wow. um, and uh, he he both my parents were just incredibly supportive. They took me to matches. They took me to um, training. Um, you know, without them, there's no way I would have ever have been able to, to be given the opportunities to go and make it. But um, I didn't think I just that was it. That was all I was was going to do. And I'm, looking back now, it was, yeah, there was single mindedness and determination, but it, it was that was it. That was my, my path was there. Mm. And so, I mean, you, you were, just, were, you, were you particularly talented footballer at school? Were you, were you like, you know, did you stand out? Are you like, you well, know? I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, that, the, I was always the best of the, of, of, you know, growing up as a kid, hmm. there were other, you know, playing for the county and, and you, you, you play with certain kids growing up to a certain age and eventually they, they kind of fall away and then you get yourself to a certain other level or a certain hmm. age group at, at Chelsea. Cause I was at, I was at Palace as a, as a kid, Wimbledon, Arsenal, West Ham, um, but Chelsea was the one that so I, you, you got about a bit. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, because scouts, there's lots of, obviously there still are now, and it was very different back then to what it is now. Now, because of the amount of football that young kids and sport at school, there's, they're monitored about how much sport they do. Back mm. then, literally I was playing football every day, uh, Monday, June, Wednesday, Thursday, pretty much. Saturday, Sunday, so like six days a week, which right. is not healthy for a young kid to be playing that much sport. Plus what you think about what you're doing at school with PE, school games, mm. you know, and, and all that. But um, but yeah, my parents were incredibly supportive. And, and yeah. you know, I, I, to this day, I still appreciate yeah. what their sacrifices they made yeah. for me. And um, the encouragement, they must have encouraged you. They must have said, follow your dream, Jay, keep going, keep going. Yeah, they're not pushing you, Mark. No, no, they never, never... Never did I, never did I feel the pressure. It was always, you know, encouragement, opening doors, give me opportunities and those opportunities that would present themselves and I would then go and, you know, take advantage of them. Um, funny enough, actually, I was, I had to write to Chelsea for a, for a trial because I was, all, I was all these other clubs, but yeah, I supported Chelsea. And I used to go and watch them play. Yeah, I was training at Palace on a Wednesday or Wimbledon on a Tuesday. Yeah, and, yeah. And yet the club I used to go and watch when any given opportunity. So I wrote to Chelsea for a trial. They come and watch me play a game. Um, and next thing I'm, I'm in there, you know, in, in the, not the academy, they have that now, but, you know, in their, in their youth setup. Yeah. Um, and from that moment on, there was only ever going to be one club that I wanted. I mean, what a story in itself. And just, the, the, you know, there's, again, determination. Determination to actually reach out to the team that was obviously in your heart, that yeah. was like, look, look, Chelsea, do you know what I mean? I'm a decent player yeah. here. I mean, but yeah. you could have you just, just had a career elsewhere, but you actually were like, no, no, no. No, that's, that's what I'm going to do. You yeah. know, I mean, I mean, I think that's a, a you know that wonderful sort of single-mindedness focus. I mean, I'm dying to ask you a couple of things actually, just popping into my mind as we talk. One of the things is um, your debut at Stamford Bridge. I mean, that must have been an amazing feeling. I mean, it was the old Stamford Bridge, so it was a big old space, wasn't it? You know, and the old, with the old greyhound track around the outside and the shed and all that. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, running onto that pitch that time as a, a as a debutant must have been a real a real yeah. Moment. Well, I made my debut the week before away at QPR. Right. And we got beaten 1-0. Um, that day was just literally my 
all my dreams as a young kid growing up, that day there was everything I'd, I'd dreamed of, putting on the Chelsea shirt, playing for Chelsea's first team. And um, and it, it wasn't just me, it was my parents, my brother and sister also, who were younger than me, they had to make all the sacrifices for me because they had to come along to the games, yeah. you know, dragging all the family along to go and watch Jason play. You know, I mean, they had no say in the matter. And, yeah. and they're so yeah. young, that was the case. But yeah, I mean, it, it was for, it, it was for everyone. And my dad in particular, who the day that I was born, he, he told me, there's a pair of boots, a photograph he's got with a pair of boots above me saying one day Jason will play for Chelsea. And the day I was born, Wow. So it's, I know. It, it's, it's remarkable. That's the power. That's the power that we've got, that we can think and speak and make things happen and like that. It's my, amazing. My, my, dad, my dad, that was it. He, you know, he, he, he said those words. And, and on, my, on, my, on my Twitter, um, there's, there's, a, there's a photograph of, of, I don't know if you've seen it, Wilkie, of two little boys right. um, together. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of them on one side is me in a Chelsea hat and a Chelsea shirt, um, it was the 1970 FA Cup final, so I'm six months old wow. at that stage. Yeah. yeah. So you know that's that's the influence that that had back then. And the other one on the other side is my little boy Leonardo, who's now six, who literally to the day when Chelsea won the title in '15, almost the day he was born in November, like I was. His birthday was last week, uh, and mine was a couple of weeks before that. It's almost to the day I've worked it out that we. Won the Chelsea won the FA Cup against Leeds, yeah. and and forty five years oh my maths forty five years later, almost to the day, Chelsea won the title, <laughs> and I've got and I got I mocked up the photograph. So so anyway, that's that's a lovely that's, story. And, and your your Twitter, Twitter handle is Jason Cundy zero five. Jason yeah. Cundy zero five. So people need to follow that because you put like, yeah. uh, you put out a lot of interesting and you, and then you get a lot of interesting feedback from the late night sports oh, bar yeah. gang. <laughs> that's that, that's all part of it. Yeah, but going back to what I said about my yeah. dad and, and you know those that photograph which um, led to that. You know he he, he you know that was him having that belief and that and mm. that confidence and that and that um, genuine. Um, feel that, that I was going to go and do something. And, and if you think about it, yeah, I, I mean, I, but I never felt pushed, never no. felt pushed to the point that I would, that, you know, you get pushy parents. And that was never, that was never me. They, they were, they were wonderful parents. Well, he and, believed uh, in you. It's still like, yeah, but he, he believed in you enough to say something like that. And then amazing that, that you lived up to it and you, you achieved it. And I, I honestly believe that, you know, there's higher powers out there. I'll give you a little example. My mum, I was, I've always been a tall lad. And my mum used to say, whenever we met anyone, they'd always go, oh, he's tall, isn't he? And my mum would say, yes. And I've told him he can't stop growing until he's six foot four. <laughs> How tall am I? You know? Oh, hold on. <laughs> You're not six foot three and a half, are you? <laughs> But my point to you is, is that these things that are said to us and these things, they influence us. Of course they do. And I, you know, all power to your dad for actually saying stuff like that. Um, so I just, I was reminded by something else as well. Um, do you remember Tim from Soccer AM? Uh, do you remember yeah. Tim from Soccer AM? I always, I, remember, I, always remember, I always remember one of your, he's a big Chelsea lad, isn't he? Um, yes. And um, I've forgotten his surname, Tim. Lovejoy. 
Tim Lovejoy, Lovejoy, when he missed the penalty, that was it. Um, Tim Lovejoy, I remember when you were on an interview with him and you were training some a little bit, we'll go back to the Chelsea and the, and the football yes. career, but you were training some of the uh, young kids. That's um, right. Uh, uh, some of the under, with Chelsea, were they under 10s? That's right. And, and I, he, I was doing the uh, under 12s, I think I was doing. Under okay. I've done a lot of work there. I think at that time, the under 12s. But then his question was to you, where do, you, where do they go after that? And I said, under 13s. <laughs> I mean, literally, that was that was a tapping, Wilkie. That was absolute tapping, and, and he knew he knew that he he left an open goal there, and you know, and you weren't you weren't going to miss that one, mate. There's no there's no chance of me not missing. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, and, 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 and talking about goals um, now, of course. Unfortunately, one day you did end up leaving Chelsea um, and you did go to some, you went north of the river to some team that I, yeah. I forget. Um, <laughs> but you did score a, an absolute worldie of a goal there, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, it, it was um, it was the inception of the, the Premier League. It was one of the first live games in back in 1992 when the Premier League or the Premiership, it may well have been called back then, but it, it was the first year of the Premier League. Um, and yeah, I mean, th that this was this new thing with Sky. The, 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 you know, th there was all of the, the Sky, the, the, the Soccerettes, I think they were called, the Sky Girls. So there was all of that that was going around. It was one of the live games on a, on a Sunday, which is so big now, of course. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it, the ball's kind of bounced on just around about the halfway line. And a, and a, a good friend of mine, Jason Dizel, who was playing for Ipswich at the time, the ball's bounced kind of, kind of 55, 45 in my favour. And he kind of hesitated to go in. And knowing he wasn't the strongest, or the, you know, the, he, I felt if he puts anything in there, I'm going to take it. I'm going to go for just go take the lot. And it kind of bounced and I, and I just went in and he didn't challenge, which I was expecting him to. And in the end, everything I put through, it's come off my ankle, I can't lie, and it caught a, it caught a thermal and it, it ended up in the back of the net, which, you know... No, it was a shot. That was a shot, mate, wasn't it? You know what, mate? <laughs> I, I, people ask me, did I mean it? And I, I say sometimes, you know, I sort of keep off his line. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know... But if you if you if you ever see it, I can't. You know. Right, it's on YouTube. We we found we were looking at it the other day, and uh, we were talking about it before you came onto the interview. And yeah, the uh, yeah, the, it's a yarder, mate. It's a beautiful shot. I mean, you know, you put your head down. You, it's you, one of those that ends up on one of those those DVDs or compilations of of bizarre footballing moments. That's. But didn't the sun? Didn't the sun challenge you after that? To yeah, he got you to do it like fifty more times. Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> that was absolutely fast. So because it was such a bizarre goal and it was live on telly, and it, 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 it was it was it was enormous at the time because Sky and, and, and the Premier League had just been uh, you know it, it was like I said in its inception. It was on Sky News. It was everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. And the, they contacted me and said, you know. You know, do you want to do it again? And I, you know, I spoke to my agent, and obviously there was a you know fee involved. And I went down to just a local park with a mate of mine. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing the pictures. Of <laughs> yeah, and my mates in goal, and, and they say it, they say it was twenty times. Right, we'd done it about five or six. Right, oh, okay. And I had trainers on, and I've sliced one. It was near. A, it was near a railway track, and they bought about five balls. One of the balls has ended up in the railway track. 
Never scored a goal. So I don't know how they made I can't remember what the story looked like in the end, but well, it was genius. It was genius. Yeah, but fair play to you, mate. You always you've you've always been one to have a go, haven't you? And that's uh that's been great. I mean, you know, I had they not paid me, Wilkie, I wouldn't have been there. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. <laughs> no, yeah. So look, so look, obviously, you know, you did uh, you did get trans- I, re- I remember actually there was quite an uproar. Um you know, I knew I knew of you. I'd seen you in the pub a couple of times, and you know that kind of stuff. And we, we kind of had mutual friends, actually, had a couple of mutual friends. Um, and I remember, you know, you were like you were like the young blood. You were like the future of Chelsea. You were like centre half. You know, we'd had Pates and McLaughlin, and here comes Cundy, and it was going to be like you know it's going to be a big thing. Um, and then within a couple of years, uh, you know, you, you've been sort of sent off to North London to the yeah. team in, to the team in white. Um, and uh, I mean, you know, there was an uproar. It was quite a disappointment. You know, the fans, you know, I mean, we haven't got social, we didn't have social media and stuff, but it was a fans forum and stuff like that. It was quite, you know, people were quite yeah, upset about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was a bizarre scenario. I'd, I'd, I'd signed a four and a half year contract in the, in the November. Mm. Um, that would have been in the 91. Mm. And March 92, so we were in the FA Cup. I didn't know this at the time. But we played Sunderland in a replay of the FA Cup quarterfinal. And the way that it worked back then, there was a transfer deadline day, which was always the last Thursday in March. Mm. And we played them FA Cup quarterfinal replay. It would have been around about a week and a half, two weeks before that date. And if we got through to the semifinals, I've later found out, I wouldn't have been sold. Wow. But because, because we got knocked out... I was then available, and I, the clubs, the, the Spurs spoke to Chelsea. I had, I had no in, uh, inkling of this. I get a phone call from Ian Porterfield, their manager. We play Sheffield United at home the day after, or, or the week after we got knocked out of the FA Cup. Um, we got beat two one, but I did score at Stamford Bridge, the only goal I ever scored at Stamford Bridge. Yes, um, Jace. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I scored on, on my final game at Chelsea. I, I, I scored um, what is now known as the uh, the Matthew Harding end. Yeah. Um, and I had a phone call from me in Portfield saying that we've, um, his word, first words were to me, are you sitting down? Really? Oh, God. And I never heard from, because I was only, I was still living at home. Yeah. You never hear from the manager. Ian yeah. never, why would he phone me? I, I was with him in training th- that day. Mm. And he phoned me at home just saying, um, are you sitting down? And we've, there's been an offering from Spurs. The club have accepted it. And Terry Venables will be phoning you um, later on this afternoon. I mean, imagine hearing that as a, as a, nine, as a 21-year-old. Who, no, who, who, I mean, especially, especially after you put your heart and soul into, into yeah, yeah, you know. And it, it, it rocked my world. It, it, it totally rocked my world. I didn't, I didn't see it coming at all. And, and it, it's, in football, you know, it, there is no loyalty in football and it comes from, I'd, I'd, I'd sign my, you know, I'd signed for an half year contract six months before the club wanted the money more than they wanted me. And they made their choices and their decisions. And the way I saw it, I had to make mine. Mm. Um, and there was, there, there was no, it's not like now where the players are earning here, like no. Mesut Ozil, for example, at no. Arsenal, who, who can sit on, you know, 350 bags a week and say, fine, you know, I'll sit in the stand, I'll sit at home, and you pay me, you know, a million pound a month. That, yeah. that, that then, the players had very little control, very little power. The club had all the power. And, and I did ask Porterfield if I, I said, I, did, I remember saying to him, if I don't go, will I be put in the reserves? Because mm. that, that was the fear back then. If you, if you, if you mess the club about, mm. 
is there a chance that they could mess you about in your career? Yeah. Um, and he said, if, and I remember, he said, if I've got anything to do it, no. But the fact that he couldn't say no, yeah. he said, but if I've got anything to do with it, which made me feel, actually, you probably haven't got as much control on this situation as I would like. Yeah. So I had, I had very little, I had the phone call on the Tuesday, signed on the Thursday, played for Spurs on the Saturday. I mean, that was, that was literally yeah. that quick. I mean, Terry Venables must have been an interesting guy. Interesting character. Yeah, no, I love, yeah, love, love, love Terry. And it, the, the move never worked out for me, as you know, and it probably happened, it happened too quickly for me. I'd only yeah. been at Chelsea's first team for just over two years um, and I was still very much learning my trade and the move really, plus I had injuries, injuries killed me. Mm. Um, it was very different moving to another club. You think all football clubs are the same, no, you know, the training ground, the, the, yeah. the staff, they're, they're not. I've been at Chelsea since I was 11. I've been there 10 years through my, you know, my informative years. You've been there 10 years and you're out in like, sort of like, a, like even a week. It's like gone. Yeah. Week. I mean, wow. What an, what an adjustment for, for a young days. guy. Three days, you're gone. And your whole life, you know, never, never, never be the same again. And, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big, huge change. Massive. It's a tough business. It's a tough business. It is. Football. It is. It's a ruthless yeah. industry, football. And, um, yeah. you know, ultimately you're just, a piece of meat that you yeah. know, people buy and sell and trade. And, you so know. you end up you end up at uh, Portsmouth and then Ipswich, or the other way around. Yeah, I was at Ipswich first, so right. yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so things didn't work out, and I had so many injuries at Spurs. I had a back injury which I was out for a couple of years with, and and years go quickly when you're a footballer. You you can get from 24 you know to 26 in a, in a blink of an eye, and your career is just just plateaued. Yeah, uh, and that's what happened with me at Spurs, and I was almost like, like a forgotten man. Um, and eventually, my back I had to sort out. They were treating a, an injury which actually turned out to be false. They they were treating an injury they thought I had, which I didn't. Yeah, and it wasn't until you know months. In fact, it turns out to be a year later that the problem I had and the way they were treating me made the back injury worse. So there was all of that to deal with. Um, and, you know, eventually I, I just had to leave to get back on with my career. I, I didn't think I'd ever play football again. As, as, what, this injury, I thought my career was over. I, and wow. I was 20, 23. I mean, know. there's so many emotions. I, I mean, I'm loving the story. I'm loving the story because people need to hear this story about the reality of, you know, most people would look at, you know, my life as a DJ and music and stuff like that and your life as football as, as like dreams that they would... Would, would, would love to achieve but yeah the actual reality of them sometimes can be so so different um, yeah. you know and it's, it's so it's, I, I want to ask you so many questions about the about the emotions you must have been feeling and, and, and the ups and downs and everything else but we're going to come to some, some of the downs in a while but you know the ups as well you know the, the fact that you did get onto a football pitch and play again um, and the fact you did have two more clubs and you continued your career until uh, football career until you were 30 yeah I mean what, what happened was I actually was on loan to Crystal Palace for a month and the back injury, which kept me out for, it was, it was two years and it's a long time in a footballer's career, you know, two mm, years. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, you think about your career really, you know, you've got 10, 15, maybe you know, now far more, but really about 13, 14. So two years is an enormous chunk of your career. Yeah. And, I didn't play a first team game for Spurs for for that for that time. I was out injured, and in that time, 
they bring other players in to replace you. So I'm now down the pecking order and I can't even get fit. And when I got fit, I couldn't stay fit. I was picking up other injuries, hamstrings, ankles. There was all sorts of other things that were a knock-on effect of it. But eventually I got myself in a position where I went on loan to Crystal Palace for a month, yeah. which I loved. And that first game back, we played Stoke away. Stoke away on a wet Wednesday night? It was, it was on a Saturday. It, it, was on a Saturday. it would have been cold because I, I remember it, it, it was around about the October time. So it would have been about cold. But, but you know, I, to put a pair of boots on again and go and play professional football, my, my parents went there as well. Um, I, remember, I remember being in the dressing room thinking, it was almost like, again, making a debut again because yeah. I've been out for so long, making that, you know, that, that, that journey to become a professional footballer again in a very odd way. Yeah. So it, it was, it was, it was a big moment for me, a really big moment for me. And, and um, we won, which was, which was a good thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I was in, incredibly proud of the battle to come back from that adversity, from being in a position where I felt my career was over. I didn't, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Um there's a, a great quote from Winston Churchill that says uh, we're successful if we rise one more time than we fall mm-hmm. uh, you know and that roller coaster of a young man you know like for me as a DJ but for you as a as a as a footballer, that roller coaster is emo- it's an emotional roller coaster, isn't it? You know, they're two years without kicking a ball or, or without playing, and you know, it must have been you know rough when that's all you've dreamt about since you were six or whatever. You know, yeah. So. And there's been so much from from you know the moment I made my debut when I was twenty, and you now four years later, I'm, I'm or th- you know three four years, later, I'm staring into the abyss. It, mm. it, 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 it was you know I got into Chelsea's first team, and when I got there, I stayed there. And it wasn't in and out, in and out. No. I got there and I stayed there. Um, and then you go to Spurs and it, 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 it literally just fell apart at the seams. And, and there was no way, I couldn't see a way back. Couldn't, couldn't see a way back. And, and you know, when, when eventually you do, you learn a lot. I, I, I'm always feel you learn more from adversity. When things are going well. Yes. Right, it's brilliant. You know, yeah. you're on this upward trajectory and, and life's great. Everything's good, and when things go well, things seem to go better. Is when things go bad and things don't. You, then you have to kind of find another way. And, yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, you learn a lot more from from the the dark times. You know, I, I was yeah, definitely definitely I had, question. You, you know that I had an incurable disease and bankrupt and all that kind of stuff as well myself. And that's what life remixed is about. Is about yeah. strategies that I've used to recover. And you know, I think that you know, it, for you, it almost feels like, particularly at a young age, it was almost like it was it was ingrained in you just to keep keep persisting you know keep bouncing back your dream was still your dream you still wanted to play football even though you had a, a, a tough time you know I mean yes yeah. you got into the Chelsea first team yes you were like the new centre half that we all loved and we thought we were going to be you were going to be with us like a almost like a John Terry was after you you know yeah of course and so so to be knocked off course like that but then to dig deeper and learn and then to actually get your boots back on and come back um, at Palace and then obviously to uh, Ipswich. Yeah, Palace was a month loan and then mm. the, the deal couldn't be done. They wanted to sign me permanently. Stevie Coppel was the manager. Ron Nodes was the chairman. They agreed a fee with Spurs and, and what worked against me really bizarrely is we played four games and in that time Palace was struggling. Played four games, we won three and drew one. So I never lost a game in a Palace shirt. So that and sounds all right. Five. And of course, Alan Sugar was the chairman of, Palace, uh, of Spurs at the time. They agreed a fee. He put the price up. 
And that was how the deal fell apart. Otherwise, I'd have, I'd have played for Crystal Palace. He's a businessman at heart, mate, isn't he? Um, but yeah. I, I remember you telling me something as well. I remember you told me once that you, you ended up training with a rugby ball once at um, uh, Tottenham. I think that was something that you, you reminded me of. Is that, was that, was that uh, something that happened? Um, I don't remember. T- oh, you're talking about what? Not not playing football, but, but like training. With rugby. Yeah, you were training, but they gave you, they were like giving you a rugby ball to try and yeah. get, you know, get your fitness back or get you trying all, to. Yeah, well, see, other, there is a crossover with, with, with sports and other, and other things, and, and other sports can learn a huge amount yeah. from other sports. But, um, but yeah, I, when you're injured, you do. There's boxing. You do boxing when okay. you're injured. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you do athletics. You do other things because. The, 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 the way that there's when you are um, there are certain dynamics of a sportsman that need certain things. For example, mm. that what footballers sprint in so many different directions over a short bait of a short space, five, ten, fifteen, twenty-five yards in different directions. Rugby players don't. Mm. Rugby players go in one direction and one direction only, and it tends to be just that way. Rarely do you see them moving because of the way True. the ball is. So there are different ways of trying to get yourself fit. There are different mm. things you need to, to, to learn. Um, and I've done some bizarre because I've done <laughs> so many things injured. I've, I, I, I've, I mean, this is another show, but the thing, some of the things I've ended up doing to get fit, um, I ended up spending six weeks at Harley Street every single day going to see a physio to get to sort my back out which eventually it did yeah uh, yeah and some of the exercises i did there you wouldn't you know you, you it, it but if they work they work and at the end of the day you know, work, as a pro- they're not going to do with football yeah but as a professional <laughs> sportsman as a professional sportsman that's it you, you've got to work to get fit now i i also remember you coming in uh to flying records into the record shop uh yeah, we loved having you there, mate. Uh, I remember you coming. You, we must have been about twenty-five at the time. You were you were injured at Spurs, I believe, at the time as well. But I remember you coming in, standing at the end of the counter, and we were playing all these tunes in, in Flying Records. And you just kept saying, "I love that, I love that, I love that." And you built up this big pile of records. And the more I looked at you, because I hadn't seen you for a few years, the more I looked at you, I was like, "I think that's Jason Cundy over there." <laughs> And I was I wasn't sure. And we were all like we we're all like chatting to each other, like me and there's a couple of Tottenham boys in there, like Lofty and Clive and a few. Yeah, and we're all yeah, like yeah. I, I was like, and I, I actually remember I think I went up to you, I went, Jason, right? Jason, and you were like, Yeah, 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 yeah. And then and that was it. But then that was it. Was right. the thing that amused me the most about that was one, obviously you were buying some great music and you've always been a music fan. I mean, clearly yeah. you love your tunes, and we should yeah. talk about that in a minute. But what I found funny was that you were coming in and you were buying music from us and asking us about DJing and music and all the stuff that we were obviously clearly passionate about and living. That's right. But all we wanted to talk to you about was football. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes. I mean, it was, I, I mean, I had this, this penchant for being a DJ. I never, I, I bought myself some decks. I had a mixer and I, it just intrigued me, you mm. know, that the, the mixing and the beats and the, and getting that, 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 you know, slowing the record down and, and getting that one of those little things you used to have on the side of the turntable. You've yeah, like the pitch, the pitch for the speed, and that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. used to fascinate me. And I had, yeah. I bought, I bought. Um, so I used to make my own tapes. Good so I, I, I would, I would do that. You know, I was. I think the expression is some of my mixes were lumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Pots and pans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when you get it, when you get the beat, when it, when it happens, it is, it is a really, it's a feeling you think, I just got it. You've gone from one seamless to a record to another and you can't hear it. 
And that's the no. bit that used to intrigue me and love. I love the most. But but yeah, I'd, I've always loved um, the club scene. But you were you were a bit of a soul boy, weren't you? Were you a soul boy in the sort of eighties and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Of course, a bit of Shalimar. Yeah, oh, that, that, take that, that, that to that, the bank. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, I mean, listen, you know, football and music are two things that really bring people together, aren't they? And uh, yeah, there's clearly a lot. I, I remember. I'm just I'm making little notes through the interview as things come up. I remember one night we were playing. I think me and Lofty were playing at Club UK in Wandsworth. I yeah, remember you, you, turned up, you turned up with didn't you turn up with Sol Campbell? Sol uh, Campbell turned up, Jason Dizel. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, God. yeah. yeah Memories, right. mate. Memories. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, that was that was a part of you know my my, my growing. I'm always been a social butterfly, as you still know, Wilkie. Uh, of course, always, enjoy, always enjoy enjoy the, the social side as well, and. Um, yeah, the, the, the two. I mean, footballers and socialising, they kind of go hand in hand, they right? So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've listened to the Peter, the Peter Crouch podcast. I mean, that, that's hilarious. And I mean, your shows are equally as hilarious. And, you know, I'm sure you've got so many stories that if you actually put them down, you know, into, into a sort of lifetime book. Uh, some, can be so, some can be told, Wilkie, some can't. Oh, right? I appreciate that, mate. I appreciate that. I do, I do, I do. Um, but then let's, let's get into like something else that came up because I can't remember the exact age that you were when this, when this occurred. But obviously... You had a cancer scare, right? I mean, at what age were you then? I was, so this was in um, February 97. I'd okay. got, I just got married in the summer of 96. Uh, I had a young son, Joshua, who's now 26. Yeah. Uh, um, and we got met, yeah, I got married to my first wife and I joined Ipswich on a permanent deal in the, in late, in late um, 96. And that was a new life, a new, so I'd, I'd, I'd left Spurs and they'd give me a new opportunity to go and um, uh, get back with my career. And I signed a two and a half year contract there and I loved it there. Absolutely brilliant. Ipswich was struggling. Um, and they, they, I came in at a time where George Burley was there and it was a really exciting time. There were a number of young players, Richard Wright, the goalkeeper, Kieran Dyer, yeah. um, uh, Scowcroft. There was a... And, and, it was a time where the club felt as though they just needed one or two little things to change and they felt we could get somewhere. And, and I was one of those. Mm. And things started to change. You know, we, we climbed the table. Um, we got ourselves in and around the playoff places, in and around the, the, the automatic promotion back to the Premier League. And um, I was uh, sitting at, at home, um, remember it very well. I was watching EastEnders. And as most blokes do, at times when we're sitting there watching telly, our hands are down in our trousers. You don't even know they're there. And you're just sitting there, you know, and I just noticed that one of my balls were, was swollen. It was hard. Very different from the other one. Very different. Mm. And it changed shape. And I had some stitches in a shin injury on my left mm. shin. And I had, I had, it, my, my leg was swollen. I had an infection in my blood and it caused me to have, I had to take antibiotics because there were, I, had, I had some, some, some swelling in my, in my whole leg. I was still playing at this time, mm. but it just it was just one of those things that they just had to give me some antibiotics to get rid of the infection. Um, and when I went to training the next day, this was on a Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? I think it was a Tuesday. Or Monday, one, one of the day, and whenever EastEnders was on. And uh, I went back went in the next day, and my, the physio, who I got on really well with, he, he, I showed him and, and you could see the difference in size and shape to my other ball. Mm. And he laughed. 
he looked at it and it was quite amusing when you looked at it he thought that's look at that what's, going what's on all that, that about what's that? <laughs> that's just ridiculous. you know you lift you lift up your, your pe- and it's like one is down there and one it's like Whoa. yeah okay like, I'm with you and, and yeah I put it down we both put it down to the fact that I was on I had a um I had an infected leg and it was on the same side and I my glands were up so there was a lot of swelling going on at that time around that side of my body. Sure. So this would have been on the on the this would have been on the Thursday. So I trained on the Friday, and the club doctor came in on the Saturday before the game. We played Oxford at home, and I was ready to play. I was in the team. I was captain, and we were we were ready to play at three o'clock. And around about one o'clock, um, the team talk's been done, and we're all doing what we're doing. Half one. And I'm on the bench, I'm having a massage on my leg. And the club doctor come in, he said, you've got this issue. So, yeah, so I showed him. And as I've oh, showed him... Come, these balls are out again, here we go. They're out again. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, though, when you're, when you're a footballer, getting your balls out is nothing. <laughs> you, walk, you walk around naked all the time. It, sure. it, it, it's not one of these things where... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, a lot it's of men... It's not like being down the pub, Jay, is it? It's like... If you're walking naked in the pub, there's issues, Right. <laughs> You walk in naked. So you walk around dressing rooms and, and, and areas. Men, it's just, it's just what happens. Yeah. So down they come and he's, he's looked and I could tell by his reaction mm. immediately, immediately, mm. he knew. He wow. knew something wasn't right. Wow. And I could tell, and he said to me, right, you, we've got to get you to the hospital. Wow. And I, I remember thinking... You're like, hang on, I'm playing football in a minute. I'm playing... He said, well, you know, he, I said, but I'm, he said, you can't play. And I'm like, I'm playing in an hour, an hour and a half's time. He said, we've got to get you. He said, well, I've got to try and get you checked into the, the, the hospital after the game. Yeah. And they couldn't do it. For whatever reason, they couldn't do it. But they got me in for a scan on the Monday. But yeah. I remember during the game, which we won, I remember during the game. <laughs> always, always remember if you win yeah, or lose, Jay. But I remember when the ball went dead, there might have been an injury, the ball went out of play. And I remember just standing on the pitch, my, mo- my, my concentration momentarily, I remember thinking, I wonder what this is. And for a split second, it went through my mind, cancer. And it literally left. I remember it. And it, it had literally a millisecond. Mm. And, and it left. And I, I always remember that. I remember looking at the grit, the grass, staring down, thinking, I wonder what this is. And then, and anyway, the game got on underway again. And I didn't think much of it over the weekend after that, to be honest with you. We, I went home, we won. Was there a lot of pain? Was, it, was there much pain? No, no pain. Nothing. No pain. No pain. Oh, right. no pain. No pain at all. And on the Monday morning, <clears throat> I had an appointment at a private hospital in Ipswich, nine o'clock. And as I pulled up, to the hospital, there were people waiting for me outside. Right. And I remember thinking, oh, they're waiting, you know, Mr. Cundin, you come. I remember thinking, wow. This is not normal. Yeah. This, you know, this is just a little bit too, Mm. there's, there's, there's a very, there's a bit of concern going on. That's how I felt. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And, being a, a, a private hospital with a, with a professional football club, you, you, you literally, you, you sign whatever you got signed, and then you go. And, and literally within two or three minutes, I'm in an ultrasound, and they're, they're uh, an ultrasound in my ball. And I would say probably less than 10 seconds, the guy doing the ultrasound said to me, yeah, this has got to come out. Some words and, you don't want to hear about that, about that and, area. And, <laughs> and I... 
What? What? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> and he said, there's a this is a tumour. Now, we're in yeah. the tumour. Wow. There's yeah. only other word you think after the word tumour. And, and I said, I said to him, I remember my, my palm, and your palms never get sweaty, right? Yeah, and they were a bit. My palms, my palms were sweating. You're not. And when your palms sweat, you know there's. Yeah, yeah. And I said to them, could this be cancer? And of course the answer, ha there has to be, when you hear the word tumour, it could be, but you have to ask the question. He said, it could be. Mm. And from that moment on, it, you know, literally, I've gone from less than a week before being fit, healthy, young man playing mm. professional football to a man that was now going to go in and have one of his balls removed within five days. Wow, yeah, yeah. I mean, amazing. <laughs> amazing. What a challenge. I mean, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know that, that was... And I felt all right about it. I didn't feel... It, it was a shock. I remember phoning my parents. Um, I phoned my, my, my wife at the time. I phoned my brother. My brother who laughed. <laughs> You've got to love brothers. you got to love brothers, don't they? Straight yeah, to the point. It was a good time to, to laugh. We didn't have any balls laugh. My parents' reaction was very different. You know, was the, there was a lot of tears. Um, oh, yeah. There was a lot of emotion. Mm. Um, my wife at the time was incredibly upset. We'd, you know, we, we hadn't been married a year. Um, and, of course, there's a chance that, you know, yeah. you could have cancer, which is a, which a bolt. Completely. But I never felt, never felt at any time... I never felt, um, I never thought that I would ever die. And, and, and that, that I, I never thought I was ever ill. I never, I didn't feel ill. Right. And, so you and, just took it in your stride and just went, okay. No, I, because I didn't feel ill. I, I, yeah. You know, I, we were so close to the playoffs at that time and getting my automatic promotion. <clears throat> I did ask the oncologist about, could I play for the rest of the season? How bad is this? I was going to say, I bet you were like, when, right. when can I get back? <laughs> well, I mean, I had to go back. When I, when I found out, the first thing I did, I then had to go back to, to Ipswich and I speak to the chairman and the manager, George Burley, the club doctor and the physio. And we sat in a room and I remember sitting in the room and, and having this conversation with them. And George Burley, you know, and I said to him, look, I don't know how bad this is. You know, I, they, they don't know if it's cancer. I said, but... You know, I don't know whether I can, when I, can I have this operation in a, you know, in, in two or three, I don't know how, can we have, have this operation later on because we're mm. so close to, to getting back to the Premier League. Mm. And, um, and the, George was like, well, you know, what do you think? And the doctor was like, well, we have to find out. And, and, and the oncologist, when I put it to him, was almost disgusted. Yeah. I mean, literally was... Mr. Cundy, yeah, let me you, explain to you. <laughs> he said to me, you may not feel ill, but let me tell you now. Wait, no, this is when we found, sorry, this is when we found out it was cancer. Right, yeah. So, so yes, I wanted to play, because we didn't know it could be benign. And that was the, the hope. There was just benign. There was nothing yeah. there. But, you know, all, all the, there were red flags everywhere because of my, my own personal situation and, and my age. <clears throat> there were so many things that pointed only one direction. Yeah, and yeah. It was, it was inevitable that it was going to be cancerous. And then ten days later, I had to go to the back to the hospital, and the doctor, I never forget his words, and said, "Yes, it's it's cancerous." Um, and it was, you know, it's they're hard words to hear. Yeah. And, and my wife broke down crying. Yeah. Um, I had to phone my mum and dad. They're crying. I mean, I, I didn't feel. I didn't feel. I wasn't in that position. I was not, I, was, I wasn't there. Yeah. I was, I just, I just was not there. Um, and it was like, 
I'm, you know, I've got it. It's going to go, and I'm going to get back on with yeah. with my life. That's, that's awesome. I mean, first of all, that's you know despite the fact it's come up and, and, you know, we all have different genes in our body and stuff like that, of course, you know, but you know, the fact that you, you didn't let it get to you, you know, emotionally, of course, you know, I, I had a doctor tell me I had an incurable disease and, and that was, again, you know, mine was rheumatic. It wasn't a potential yeah. cancer or anything like that, but it was bad enough, you know, to be told that it's definitely a moment where you just sort of like, oof, you know, like, right. But you've got a choice, haven't you? You've got a choice to say, well, hang on a sec. Yes. Uh, you know, for you, clearly the goal was, get back to football. You know what I mean? You were already, you know, you were asking the, the oncologist if you could keep playing. I mean, you know, that was clearly your, you know, you were so driven from, you know, from that young age to just keep going, keep going, keep going. That even when your body got sick and you had a problem, you were still in your mind, you were like, I'm not even, you know, I'm football. I'm, I'm going to be back. We're going for yeah. the playoffs. And I think, I think look, looking back then, I, I think also there was the, the naivety of a young, mm. fit man who, who felt bulletproof, who mm. felt that now, if, if I was faced with the same scenario, I feel my reaction would be very different. I'm 51 now. Um, that, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, 25 years-ish ago. I'm a very different person now, and I'm, and I'm mm. far more fallible now than I was back then. But there's still a lesson in there, I believe. I believe <clears throat> there's still a lesson in there that actually your response is the important part of it. You know, your response. Oh, I was, I, 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 you know, and it, it was my mum and dad, everyone around me, it wasn't until you found out this later on, but everyone around me, my parents in particular said, when they were with me, they knew I was dealing with it. Mm. When they weren't with me, they felt, wonder how Jason is. But when yeah. they're with me, they could tell, actually, he's, all right. he's fine. He's, yeah. he's fine. He, he, there, there's no, there's not, um, I mean, it was looking back again. It's almost an arrogance that I had. I I, I can't believe that I was as blasé and as arrogant about the illness as. Mm. Well, I mean, was, you know, I, I just I just was. There's a there's a there's a really good sort of part to this as well. I mean, there's a couple of things. I mean, one, obviously, you know, as you well know, my my uh, ex DJ partner in Problem Kids, Rocky, also had uh, a testicular cancer uh, issue, and uh, the pair of the pair of you got together with Carl Cox. I remember and a couple of other. Uh, you know, well-known DJs. And you actually did a lot of charity work and a lot of support about awareness around it, didn't you? I remember that, you know, uh, a lot. I mean, obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a more spoken about thing now, but in 1997 or whatever, it wasn't really spoken about as much, was it? So you did a lot of no, awareness. And at the time, I did remember feeling as though it was, it was almost, I was duty-bound to talk about it. And I still, I still feel as though I am. Mm. Um, but back then, it, there were very few people that, that testicular cancer... I mean, men talk about the balls, right? So, so I'm a professional footballer, as I said before. Yeah. Walking around naked in front of other men was not an issue for me. Mm. Other young men who are perhaps 18, 19, who have a very different lifestyle, um, how do you approach this if you feel a lump? Well, mm. my, I felt my, my duty was to say to young men, check yourself. Mm. If you find something, go and see a GP. That's their job. They're not embarrassed to see you naked. You shouldn't be embarrassed. And... There was, you know, and to this day, unfortunately, still young men are dying. It's mm. now curable, if caught mm. at the right stage. But, um, yeah, and, I, and I, I was always happy 
to, to talk about it and discuss it as I as I am now and and um, it's a positive you. message, isn't it? It's, you know, you took you took Absolutely. you took you took something that like you know life threw you a curveball basically, you know, and you took it and you ran with it. And you were in a male, you know, very male dominated kind of thing. I mean, football, of course, at the time, you know, even more so than it is now. But but you know, you were in that male dominated world and, and and you spoke out and you said, look, yeah, look, this has happened to me, uh, and I've dealt with it, and this is how I've dealt with it. And I just remember the positive messages. And of course, the other part of that as well is obviously you know you have had another child since haven't you of course and and you know it hasn't been yeah so you've got a little little boy now well yeah I mean you know again that was with with my first wife I then um, conceived my second son James who's now 20 Mm. but what happened was when I retired through a knee injury which I'm sure we'll discuss about yeah I want to talk about that in a minute um I had uh I had precancerous cells in my other testicle Ah. I had a biopsy in that and I was going to have testicular cancer in the other side right and there are a handful of men a year in the uk that actually have testicular cancer in both balls it becomes a bigger right. issue there doesn't it yeah right, right? so there are a handful of men i think it's, I, I, I don't know the numbers i, I don't want to be misquoted here, but it, it's a handful of men a year mm. and unfortunately for me i was in that category yeah. so it was a question of when not if. And right. I went for the biopsy and my, my oncologist at the time said to me, and I was retired now, mm. he said to me, look, you're going to get it. Do you want, a, do you want another child? And um, I remember saying to my then wife, well, look, we've, we've got two boys. I'm healthy. What more can, you know, he said it could happen next week. It could happen next year. It could happen in three years' time. But one thing that's going to happen, you're going to get testicular cancer again. And if you do, you'll lose both balls. And if you lose both balls, the complications you have to have for the rest of your life are unbelievable. Wow. So I'm like, no, I'm I'm not going to take those risks. So the option for me then was to have radiotherapy. It was a six-week course of radiotherapy, which I went... um, at least once a week, might have been twice, but at least once a week to the hospital. It's a six-week course, and what that basically does, it kills the ball, it kills its job in terms of producing semen, but it also what it doesn't do, it doesn't. It then allows me to still have the, the, the hormones, not as many, for me not to have hormone replacement, mm. um, which which incredibly complicated if you lose both balls. Mm. Um, so that was it. Was a very easy decision to make again. Again. No, again. Get, get me that radio. I don't want to lose my other ball. Um, You're right, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, I mean, fast-forwarding another, another... I'm now on hormone replacement, which I have to take every single day, which is fine. It's just a gel I rub into my body every day. Oh, okay. it's, like, it's like putting on deodorant or brushing your teeth. You do yeah. it every day. And it keeps my levels, but my levels have, have dropped because of that. But, um, wow. yeah, so that, so that was the situation I was facing. But the first time I had cancer, Wilkie, I froze some sperm. So this right. is back in 1997, and um, they said free sperm because chemotherapy, which I had the first time, can actually leave you sterile. Mm. So this sperm was frozen in a, in straws, as they call it, back in 1997, and for 20-odd um, years, I wasn't interested in it, and then I ended up getting divorced. Mm. I met my new wife now, Hannah. Mm. So I can hear in putting up the Christmas tree, uh, and my little boy Leonardo, who hadn't had children, she had she didn't have children, um, and because I'd had the, the radiotherapy at this stage, I couldn't naturally conceive. Wow. Okay. So, um, so this frozen sperm that was there for eighteen years um, was defrosted. Yeah. And um, 
six years ago, Leonardo was born. So, so 19 years um, it took uh, for him to, if so, go back to 97 and he was born in, in 2014. I think I've got my maths right. That's amazing. That's honestly yeah. the first, it's first, an unbelievable story, isn't it? First of all, that's that's really candid, and I've I've known you for years, and there's bits of that story that I wasn't aware of either. Yeah. And I really appreciate you sharing it because that was that was that special. Even I I was like transfixed there, going like, oh my god, you know the the challenges that that you've been through to be the man you are today. You know every roller coaster moment. You know that yeah. you could possibly not all possibly imagine, but you know, some serious challenges here. Yeah. yeah. And you've kept your, you know, I've never, I've never seen you, you know, particularly down or particularly kind of like, you know, upset or challenged, you know, you've always come across to me as a guy that, you know, is, is strong and, 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 and going through some of those challenges, mate, must've been, you know, and, and this leads me to another one. I mean, retirement from football. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, that must've been, you know, your dream from when you were like six now you're 30, you know, you've been at four four clubs, you played for the, the mighty Chels, yeah. and all of a sudden, you know, you've got a knee injury. Yeah, well, my last year at Ipswich, um, I broke my ankle, which kept me out for a whole season, and I played one game. So we, we got to the playoffs uh, in 98, yeah, 98, and unfortunately we, we, we got beaten by Charlton, who, who eventually went on to go and, <clears throat> to get to the Premier League, and... Um, the following season, I was doing working in the garden trying to get myself fit, skipping, and I turned my ankle and I broke it. And I was out for nine months, and I come back towards the end of the season, and my my contract was expiring, and I only had one game. And we got to the playoffs again, and we and we we didn't make it uh, into the into the final again, and. and they let they let me go, and my injuries record as a career was starting to look like a. I mean, the case, you know, if, if I'd been yeah. a criminal, mate, he would have seen a, a, a case. Any judge would look at that and he's guilty. So <laughs> um, I went to Portsmouth and within six months of being at Portsmouth, I went, I put hyperextended my knee, went through my whole body weight, went through my knee and uh, cracked my cartilage and I never recovered from it. And I played 13 games, I think, for Portsmouth at the time. And I was, I'd only just turned 29 wow. at the time. So... Yeah, it was, um, I had a year to, to acclimatise the fact that I was going to retire and I got used to the idea. Um, and it was a sad ending to what was, a, you know, what I felt going into it in my you know, early 20s at Chelsea. When I left Chelsea, everything seemed to just get, I seemed to get battered there. I get, it's all, I almost felt like, what have I, what have I done in the previous life? You know, I, I had this back injury, it came out for two years. You know, I had a knee injury, eventually forced me out, broke my ankle, throwing a bit of cancer. <laughs> I mean, you know, what, what, what yeah. more have you got to <laughs> And it just felt as though, I felt very sad that, that, that it came to, it, it fizzled out really my career and it never really achieved what I felt I was going to achieve through things that I had no real control over. But, you know, the, that, that's life and that's how it's dealt with and I, you've got to get on with it. And That's right. And, and, and I was always... Um... I was always impressed. I'll be honest. I was always impressed. I mean, obviously, you know, the retirement, um, I know you got a little bit of a payoff, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, that's, 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 you know, not, not huge after that amount of time you've been putting into it. Then of course you had a divorce off the back of that as well, which must've been really hard. That's why I lost the payoff. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying nothing. Uh, uh, 
you know, um, <clears throat> life happens, mate. Life, happens. Life, life does happen. Life yeah, does happen. Yeah, you, and, you, and, you know, yeah. yeah I, I, when I come out of football, I was very big. I didn't watch a football match for about six months. Eight, yeah, eight months. I, bet. I, I just, I just, I felt cheated. Mm. I felt denied. I felt, I felt, and I didn't watch football. But <clears throat> yeah, you're right. And then, and then, unfortunately, my first marriage ended. Mm. Um, which of all the things that I've been through was probably the toughest. Mm. Yeah, um, really. Wow. That, After yeah, that, that, all of that, probably, the divorce was the, was the, was the, was the hardest was, thing. That wow. was probably the toughest because there were two children involved and that yeah. was, it was, um, it wasn't a particularly amicable divorce. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tough time, so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm now remarried and luckily my, you know, my two boys now that I'm in the previous relationship, we got on, Brilliantly, and they're going to be here Christmas Day. Um, as is my um, ex-wife, believe it or not. So things bridges uh, can be rebuilt. <laughs> you know, like life moves on, and we all, you know. So yeah. as, as 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 tough and as disastrous as the divorce was, and it was, yeah. it was yeah. painful in, in emotionally, physically, financially, the whole lot. It was it was the most painful experience of my life. Wow. Um, yeah, give me that over cancer, you know, any day I'll take, you know, especially the cancer I had, mm. which, is, which is now very treatable. Um, but wow. yeah, of all the things I've been through, um, the divorce was without doubt that my, my toughest hurdle. And yet, and yet, you know, then you obviously, you don't watch football for six months, you know, you need to clear your head, obviously, you know, and, you, and, and you know, I'm sure, you know, you must have been looking around just thinking almost... I don't like to say, but almost like the ruins of, of, of what was the life that you knew and the life that you'd loved and, and, and wanted and, and worked so hard for from being a young man. Yeah. And then to go through all of that and then, and then to come out, you know, and just be literally, I mean, I've, I've been there myself. I was, I was 38 bankrupt, no DJ career, no music signing on for six months going like, what, what has, what's just gone on here? You know, I mean, I was flying high, you know, I was resident of Ministry of Sound and all this stuff. We used to do all this stuff together, mm. you know, and all of a sudden it's gone and you're like, what? You know, and it, it's so hard to kind of like, you know, we, I, I personally, I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> believe that you were ever there, but personally, because I'd been so ill, physically not been able to move around at all with the rheumatic problem, um, I, I thought about topping myself. I thought, I'm just, I'm done here, you know. Um, but thankfully, I, I, you know, dusted myself off and I was like, no, come on, mate, you know, come on, you can do this. You can rebuild, you can go again. And I remember, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, there's a great quote that tough, tough times don't last, but tough people do. Um, and you know, all of those experiences that made you tough, you know, that made you tougher as you went through football and everything else you went through, you know, there must've been experiences that you used to be able to like, you know, to, to bounce back. And then the next thing, you know, I didn't see you for a little while, you know, as we we're all doing our thing and off doing our lives. Next thing I know you're, you're popping up in, in the media. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, how, what, you know, what happened there? How did that happen? Well, I mean, you've got to reinvent yourself when you, when you leave football, mm. when you're involved in football for as long as I was. So I, I've been playing schoolboy football since I was probably the age of seven or eight. And that was my life. And I was just set on doing that. And I never, <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not thick. I'm, I'm, I'm an intelligent boy, but I never really dedicated my life at school academically because the only thing I want to do is play football. Mm. And I threw my life into that. Mm. And if I had I not made football, I have no idea, Wilkie, what I what I would have done. Don't even ask me what what route because it it scares me to think what what might what I would have turned or what I might have been doing for a living. But thankfully, that was the, that wasn't the case. But when you dedicate your life so much to football and you have no other uh, skills, 
it's very difficult to, to when you retire because football is brutal. Mm. When, when it ends, it literally, you fall off the edge of a cliff. That's it. It's over. Mm. And when if you want to stay in football, there are very few avenues back into it. There are coaching, managing, media. That's mm. it. Yeah. That's it. You know, and I coached the Chelsea Academy for, for two and a half years. Um, I'd done my badges. I've got my UEFA B licence. Was looking to go on and get my UEFA A and move forward in that direction at Chelsea. And Chelsea were incredibly encouraging. They paid for all the courses. And, 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 and you know, I was working with, um, I mean, Eddie Newton, who, who I was at Chelsea Academy two years before Eddie. And Eddie won the Champions League with Chelsea. It could have been me, Wilkie. It could have been me. I'm only joking. But, um, <laughs> we but, still celebrated it, mate. I've seen, oh, I've God, seen yeah, the, no, just, yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. the footage of you at Chelsea TV when Drogba puts oh. the last penalty in and you, you go, I mean, you know, talk about a fan. You know I mean? You go as ballistic as I did when I was on the King's Road that night. Oh, you know? just, yeah, just, just remarkable. But yeah, um, yeah. But yeah so, so I started coaching, but then all of a sudden um, avenues and what happened was it's when Jose arrived at Chelsea and because I was working in the academy, talk sport, I've done little bits with before, phoned me up and, and I received, I don't know if you remember, there was a, a, um, almost like a Bible that Jose had written, which I still have, about, about how football should be played. And okay. this Bible was passed down to the academy and it was given to everyone about how he sees the, the vision of football to be played. And this is this okay. new coach that had just won the, the Champions League with Porto, mm -hmm. was going to come in and was going to revolutionise the way that... And, of course, he's still doing it now at Spurs. And they needed someone to talk about Jose. And, of course, I used to be at the training ground. I used to see him. I used to bump in. I was working the academy. So I used to go and do bits of talk sport. And eventually it snowballed. It got to a, such a stage that they were asking me to do stuff, not just on Chelsea, but other stuff. Mm. And... You know, I'm I'm okay. I'm very confident. I can talk. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm. They like the way they like my manner, and they like the way. And all before I know it, I'm now got a regular show on Talk Sport. And this happened in a very short space of time. This happened in about six months. Yeah. And um, I've gone from doing Chelsea's coach and Chelsea Academy to doing Drive Time five days a week on Talk Sport, which is a huge show. That's a, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, you know, and that was like, wow. That's, that's a big change, isn't it? It's a big change, yeah. And because the, the work at Talk Sport and other media stuff started to come in at Sky and Chelsea TV, hmm. I was having to make a decision about where I wanted my, what do I do? I can't. Good to have options though, Jace. Good to have options. Yeah. It's great to have options, but I didn't have enough time in the day to do mm. both. And, and, you know, I'd done the, the 12s and, and I was loving the coaching and I was loving it, but the media really mm. interested me. Really, I, I'm, I'm very opinionated. I like, um, I, I'm talkative, as I'm sure you can see. Yeah. I, I like to have, you know, and I, and I can express myself and, and, you know, and the knowledge that I had of football and plus, my also my my experiences going mm. through I've been gave me a real platform to go on and 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 you know, I've been at I've been at Talksport now since two thousand and four. Wow! So, you know, sixteen you know seven sixteen years I've been there now working and and had a regular Wait. show there. So it's, I, it's, I often I often lift I often listen on my way home from the bridge. <laughs> after a game I often listen and I often think about ringing in and going Jace it's Wilkie listen this is what I think you know but we end up having I'll, our... I'll be saying to you what, what do you want me to play get the get the get... <laughs> Shalimar a bit of Shalimar <laughs> but the yeah, that's, that's basically our, our it, 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 I think it was there was a lot of 
um, a bit of an accident with Jose turning up, but also me, you know, forcing it. I really wanted that career in the media. I really wanted to, to, to be, you know, and now I'm, you know, like I said, I've been there 16 years. Well, you haven't looked back at the end of the day, you know, and you've, no. you've been you've been across various uh, things. I see you doing the Chelsea TV stuff a lot, and I often, no, I often envy you standing there by the pitch interviewing all the players and the manager after the game thinking, yes, Jace, you know what I mean? Not during COVID, unfortunately. Well, well okay, yeah. But, that ended know. very quickly, but yeah, so, yeah, the, the position I'm in, I mean, all the managers, whether it be Jose, with Scalari, Di Matteo, uh, AVB, uh, Hoodink, um, Benitez, Jose, Frank. I mean, all of them. I, I've been <clears throat> very lucky to, to, to interview. And, all, and also the players. And, and of course, being a Chelsea fan, it's, yeah. it's a labour of love. Perfect, uh, so, mate, isn't it? You know, I Perfect. cover every... Every every home and away game at uh, for Chelsea this you know the last eight or nine seasons so it's and I think that you know that 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 you know it's almost like you're living like you said a totally different life but but living another dream living another dream yeah another career, another career but... also you know vicariously now through you know the, the way that I wanted my career to go and I'm not I come out of football very bitter I was mm. six months after and I had to lose that because yeah. it, it, you know bitterness. If, you've got to let it go it wasn't it, it, serving it, you was it? it it wasn't serving you it wasn't no, doing anything for you no and I I, I couldn't watch football Wilkie mm. I, I mean I, I don't I didn't watch a, I didn't watch football for about six months mm. and now I'm watching four or five games a day <laughs> so, you know you know on a Saturday on a Saturday and a Sunday watching all the games come through and poor Mrs C um, especially during lockdown and the job I do I've got to watch every single game and, and it's a um, well, I've, I think I said to you, I think I said to you the other day, she's a lucky girl, isn't she? Uh, you and your sports career, you know, she's uh, she's a lucky. Imagine waking girl. up to this every morning. <laughs> so a couple more things, Jay, because honestly, I, I think we could talk all night, mate. Honestly, yeah. but uh, a couple of other things. Uh, my my wife Emma, um, who uh, we bumped to, bumped into each other in the park before, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And down by the pub, not not far from where we live. Yeah, that's right. And down by the pub by the river yeah. in the summer. Um, yeah. Uh, she 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 wouldn't forgive me if I didn't say to you about. I mean, we were talking about you know your balls earlier. Uh, we, we we probably need to talk about them just one more time um, cool. about about the full Monty uh, oh, yeah. and uh, and you. Uh, I mean, I remember like she she, she loves. Uh, she loves a reality TV, which is my missus. And uh, she put she she put on this reality TV. It's just this full money thing. They're all, they're all going to do it. And they're all going to strip off and all that. I, mean, I was like, I was laying. I think I was on my phone going like, yeah, oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I looked up. I went. That's my mate. <laughs> what's what's wow. Cundy doing? <laughs> yeah, so I was asked to do the um, the all new Monty, as it was with um, with Zander, um, um and uh, Ashley Banjo from um, from what's the, what's the dance group he's in? Oh, I can't I can't remember the, the dance. But anyway, there was that, a squad anyway. of you. There was like ten of you or something, wasn't it? There it was, was, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and all like celebrities in a, in our own different little fields. We had a, a link to. to, to to cancer and yeah so we had to strip off um mm. in front of uh, an audience of a thousand people um look, because of my background i couldn't care less i was gonna say you you're I, not bothered I, I, if you i would do it now wilkie if you get the music on right <laughs> and, uh, you don't want that no okay fair. <laughs> um but yeah so it's really interesting looking at you know and and, and being with other other celebrities come from mm. different backgrounds about how <clears throat> How, how they felt they couldn't do it. So, um, so you were coaching them. You're probably you're probably coaching them. Going, don't worry, I've only got one ball anyway. Let's get let's get on with it. <laughs> well, I mean, we 
what's we've all what's we've them, all got them. you haven't seen before <laughs> yeah we've all got them haven't we <laughs> you know um and there was uh we went up to london there was a strip club in up in london like a male a strip club um who what's the big male strip club the hippodrome there's a there's a big one up there Mate, what are you asking me to know this one? Magic, you? Magic Mike, Magic oh, Mike. Oh, Magic Mike. Mike. Sorry, okay. you know Magic yeah. Mike, right? I do know of Magic Mike, but move on. <laughs> right, so this, so this, so this night up at the hip, near the Hippodrome, the Magic Mike. Yeah. So it is. These girls come in there. There are about eight hundred girls in there on on hen nights. Girls going in there. Let me tell you now, they are animals. <laughs> yeah. Animals, right? Forget. Do you think what men are like? Yeah. Women are. So scale for that. <laughs> honestly, so before the, the, the pros came out, we had to do as part of our rehearsal, we had to go and do in front of these, like, the, like uh, imagine one. And I couldn't wait to get out there. Well, honestly, <laughs> it was, it was. I, you've got all these screaming girls like that. You're going to do the strip. You had to da 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 da. da. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And we got this routine that, that Ashley set up. And it was a diversity with the, the guys I'm, I'm, I'm thinking there. Oh, there you go, and, yeah. Yeah, and then Perry there was coaching us. So the guys from diversity are doing this dance move. And, we, you know, we can't dance, but we're throwing shapes. And at the, at the reveal, it's like the hat comes down and... <laughs> it's like... And it's he's like he's 800 screaming, you know, drunk so, women of just... So <laughs> hang on, what was better? What was better? Your goal... Your... <laughs> Your goal at the north end uh, of Stamford Bridge in front of the, uh, the Matthew Harding or getting your knackers out of the Magic Mike? What, 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 was, what was your favourite one? Oh, God, honestly. If you, if you could take... If you could take but, but for very different reasons. They're, but they're both exhilarating in very, very different ways, right? What, one, you're putting a ball somewhere and the other one, you're getting them out. <laughs> well played well played yeah. you brought that you brought that together beautifully I have, yes I that was amazing Jace to. listen mate um, honestly I, I, we could talk for our I mean honestly that's been fascinating uh, you know your your journey mate through through all of this uh, and your constant resilience your persistence I'm still uh, here Wilkie yeah. yeah yeah but you're you know mate I mean I, I've got nothing but respect you know that you know, hats no, off to you much. you know hats off to you for 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 never being knocked down you know enough to, to to stay down but actually get getting up and getting up and getting up and i think that you know there's so many lessons that people can can learn from just listening to you that the focus the determination the the you know one track mind getting there making it happen and even bouncing back even when you've had tough times there's so much in it jace and um honestly i, I can't thank you enough for being here because oh, be honestly i've absolutely loved this chat um people can find you obviously at talk sports um on your twitter account you're very active aren't you yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I try to be Jason Cundy 05, uh, you know, talk sport, or, you know, or Chelsea TV, but. Um, and obviously, it's yeah. the sports bar, sports bar Monday to Thursday, 10 pm. I mean, yeah, I mean, by the way, I mean, any late night talk show, I mean, you get some random, like, you know, you get some random phone calls, do. don't you? Yeah. Well, we need those. That, you know, that's that's all. That's all what makes. Before I let you go, before I let you go, there was one, wasn't there? That uh, didn't you? Didn't you get a guy to like? He, he, he thought his missus was having an affair or something. And you got her on the phone and she was asleep, oh, and it was all chaos, oh, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, we've done some dreadful things. Yes, yeah. And you've got to be very careful because it's live. Of course, radio. you have. It's live. Yeah, yeah. It's people's yeah. lives, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so it's it's a it's a it's a balancing act and, and yeah. they, pho they phone us and they give us information. It's also like being a bit of a late night therapist in some ways. I've Definitely. seen you, I've seen you actually oh. like helping people like, oh, you know, question. without yeah. doubt, there's, there are people there that, that, 
over the time that I've done this, I've been doing this show for 12 years now. So this show now, you build like a, a relationship and a family with, with, with them. Mm. Um, but people, a lot of people listen, don't phone in, but you can tell where some of the callers, first time callers, they've been listening for years and it's interesting you know, no, I love it, mate. I mean, honestly, I love what you do. You know, you do bring a lot of joy to people. Uh, yeah, you do have some fun on there as well. Of course, you know, it's a football show and, and you know, but the bottom line is, Jay, is that, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, your resilience counts for a huge amount. And I know you get lots of stick off Liverpool and, and, and Tottenham fans and stuff like that. But, you know, you're Jason Cundy. Walk down darker alleys, mate. Don't I was going to say, you're, you're Jason Cundy of CFC. Uh, you know, we uh, we love you for it, mate. Honestly, and uh, and it's been an absolute honour to have you with me tonight. Oh, thank mate. you very um, much, Morgan. I've loved it. It's been brilliant. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you again very, very soon, mate. Hopefully for Christmas, matey. Take care of yourself, mate. Hang yes, on. Take care. Mark Wilkinson here, author of Life Remixed. Are you currently feeling stuck in your life with nowhere to go? Then it's definitely time to remix your life. The book is out now on Amazon across the world. It's been endorsed by Bob Proctor and Marcy Shimer from The Secret, as well as some wonderful, wonderful people. You can also log on to markwilkinsonofficial.com, sign up, stay updated. We can help you take control of your life. Big, big love. Life Remixed.